And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 21. Not sure if there's going to be a 22, but thank you for joining. We are back, both of us both coming from out of the country. So be more. Don't be less. How was the uh, the good old vacay? It was so much fun. I wish I was back in Mexico with the white sandy beaches. <laughs> I feel you. How was yours? It was good time. It was a, it was actually a really good time. You know, we were at the the conference. It was you know conference slash vacay. So got to hang out with a lot of industry leaders. So it was really cool just conversating with them just about all sorts of things. And, you know, you always walk away from those weekends just you know, mind blown by like what you learn and come across and just we have so many smart people in this industry who are just willing to share, you know, knowledge, wisdom, experience. So it was a really good, really good time. They did a great job with the event. So, um, you know, but glad to be back and ready to put some of that stuff in the, in the play. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. And you'll, y'all, y'all will be back at practice tomorrow. So be good to see the twins and or this week, not tomorrow, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, so we planned our vacations perfect. We planned our vacations perfect. We didn't even really plan them and we were both gone. <laughs> yeah, we're just so, like, oh yeah, we're going to be out. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing else is gone going on. Uh, looking forward to, you know, getting into the summer practice routine. Yep. Um, the girls are, you know, have their regular team practice and then they have a flight school practice after that. So there we go kind of excited about just like the one day type of thing you know just to have like a little bit of a break instead of the two day um just because we've been doing the two day for so long you know uh so excited looking forward to it i'm ready to see these uh you know new teams grow and see where they they started from the bottom now they're going to be here yeah we had i talked to a coach um coach cheer extreme and i remember him telling me that they only practice once a week and I was like, he's like, yeah, during the summer, we only practice once a week. And I was like, no, you don't. There's no way, right? Coach Small Senior X. And I'm like, there's no way that Small Senior X only practices once a week. And, and it's crazy that years later, now we're only doing, you know, practices once a week during the summer. And I could not believe that that team, you know, like world champions could practice once a week and get the results that they get. So, um, you know, I just, I like just flat out didn't believe him. I was like, no, he's lying to us. Like he's just pulling our tail. Like he wants us to think that they're that good, but there's no way they only practice once a week. And I had another coach tell me they only practice once a week. And I was like, I guess it's more realistic. So yeah, now we do the once a week thing and it's been working out just fine. You know, this, I think there's a third year that we're doing it. So, you know, I feel like it gives the families, like you said, just an opportunity to not have cheer consume their life and, you know, take vacations without feeling guilty. And, you know, and I, you know, I enjoy it. So it's been a good time. But anyway, here we are. Start of the new season. Summer practices are here. Um, I kind of want to get into summer practices a little bit. Uh, but not sure if that's where I want to start at. But 
summer practice, but since we brought it up, summer practices are where we lay the foundation. Uh, although families, and I encourage, and this is why I say, you know, it's our family seat, and I'll say it's to any family listening. I encourage you guys to take your summer vacations. Uh, you know, every other sport have, has an off season. You know, football has an off season, basketball, baseball, all these other sports have an off season except for really cheerleading, especially like when I grew up, it was no off season. We practice two days a week, you know, 365 days of the year, or, you know, for the whole calendar, 12 months a year. And, um, and I just realized that our kids need to have a break of less intense practice. So I felt like we were practicing at a hundred all season long. And obviously that leads to burnout. It's just good to give these kids a break, but it's good that they take their summer vacations but don't mispractice frivolously. Everyone, I hope you're out there listening. Don't mispractice frivolously because this is really where you build the foundation for the entire season. You know, you get your, your jump sequence or your standing tumbling sequence or your stunt sequence. Lots of kids are going to new levels. And a lot of things that kids don't realize is that it's a new level. Like it's a whole nother level of cheerleading. You know, it's not just, you know, going to come in and be able to do this and do that so easily. So you build your foundation during the summer, right? The first thing we put together are the teams. It's like the most important thing we do during the season. And then after that, we build the foundation for the season. Our season is really built off of our summer practices. So I just encourage everyone out there, don't miss summer practices frivolously. Again, if you're going to go on vacation, go on vacation, enjoy your vacation. But don't, you know, kind of just go, oh, yeah, we're just going to miss today. Don't feel like doing it or, or have like these excessive absences, like plan, like you do no planning around, you know, summer practices and just miss the entire summer because you really do set yourself up for failure because this is where the season is really built. And then once we get into like competition season, it's, you know, we're trying to like you don't make these huge major changes during the competition season. You make changes on top of what you built during the summer. So, you know, that's just my, my PSA. Last thing, if you're on a team, I know lots of teams do this. They'll do, they'll put you in groups, right? We might switch to groups next year. We'll see. But you know, in our program, most of our teams are over by several kids, right? We have, there's like 40 kids on senior three right now. And there's 26, mm-hmm. seven, 28 kids or something like that. We're over on junior four and same thing with junior one. And, you know, lots of our teams, especially all of our elite teams are over on kids. So what you don't want to do is miss a bunch of practices and not put yourself in position to make the team. Now, lots of other gyms, they just put you in groups. So they'll say, Hey, this is our level three group. Right. And they just train a bunch of kids and then figure out what team you're going to be on at the end of the summer. Right. It's like a, a prolonged tryout. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're missing practices all the time and you're giving other kids the opportunity to show the coaches like what they've got, you know, um, out of sight, out of mind. So I just encourage people to, at the same time, while I encourage people to, re- I do really encourage people to take vacations. I really encourage you to be at practice. So, you know. No, I definitely agree. I think it's hard. Um, I mean, I know I, I totally agree with people taking vacations, Um, you know, just for some odd chance we took ours at the very beginning of the season. Um, And, you know, they only had to miss one practice. Um, And, you know, our friends that we went to Mexico with, they were wanting the girls to come back 
to Texas during the summertime. And I was like, yeah, we can go. Um, I said, but I just need to know I got to fill out a vacation report or vacation request. And I was like thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, so if we leave on a Saturday afternoon, we're going to like meet halfway, you know, I'm like, if we leave on mm -hmm. a Saturday afternoon. They can go to the, you know, their that the stars and stripes practice. And then, so they won't miss that. And then we'll pick them up like a Friday mm -hmm. morning or something. So I'm like trying to plan yeah. it around here because they don't like to miss either. Um, but it does, you know, it's, it's great for everybody to take vacations and things like that. But I think as you guys start getting, I would, I would say like as a parent, the earlier, the better, because yeah. when we start getting into like the end of June, beginning of July, you know, I don't have our calendar right in front of me, but you know, we're going to be doing a lot as the summer progresses, we're going to be putting a lot more things together, whether it be, um, you know, like stunt camps and trying to get like our pods together and you know little bits here and there i think it's easier at the beginning and then harder mm -hmm. in the later yeah so and you know the other thing and i always say this to our parents too um i actually don't think i said it this year during the parent meeting so for all of our families listening i'm gonna say it right now but it, this applies to all gyms out there um let your coaches know and it helps out so much if we know we're going to be missing a back spot on the level three team then we can call a back spot on any other team and just go, hey, can you fill in for today so that we can have a set amount of stunt groups? It's like when kids no call, no show that we go, oh, you know, now I'm in a predicament where I wasn't able to bring in someone to fill in your spot. Like I know people are going to be in and out and that's just the nature of the beast. Like I don't get mad at that, that kids go in and out. But just knowing that if I know the kid is going to be missing or kids are going to be missing, then I can plan practices accordingly and make sure that we get that, so we can have an efficient practice regardless of who's there or not there. So again, if I know two bases are going to be missing, I either know, oh, I can fill it in because we have overage or I need to bring some kids in so we have even amount of stunt groups or whatever the case may be. So just if you're an American family, definitely do that. Uh, if you work or if, you, if, you, you know, if you're a family at another gym, just come and courtesy help your gym out. Help them help you. So yeah, other than that, summer practices, um, the new score sheet came out. So the new score, the new varsity scoring rubric or scoring system is out. So every I'm year, interested. the score sheet, yeah, it changes every year. And some years there are major revamps of the years. There's just small little tweaks that they make. Like, Oh, we, we found that doing it this way was going to be more efficient or going to give people a little bit under a little bit better understanding of how the score sheet works or, or what we are trying to get across when we made this, you know, change to the score sheet. This year, and you know, it comes out every, and it's like a, you know, it's like Christmas because in order to win competitions, coaches have to understand the score sheet. You don't necessarily need to have the best team in that division. Coaches just need to have an understanding of how the score sheet works. If they have an understanding of how the score, the better the understanding of the, of the score sheet, the less they have to rely on the athletes to do all of the heavy lifting, right? Um, right. If you don't understand how the score sheet works, you hopefully you're a really good skills coach and you have really good athletes and you can just go out there and be more difficult than everyone or, you know, just execute better than everyone just because you're such a good coach that way. But if you understand the score sheet, your team doesn't need to be as talented, I guess. So anyway, it's always like, what changes are we making to the score sheet? So 
you know, they, I will warn you be more and all other families out there and coaches, if they haven't seen it, that scores will be significantly lower this season, significantly lower this season. So they are, and I'm just kind of regurgitating what I heard during the varsity town hall for all the, you know, all the coaches, right. Our little coaches page, right. Yeah. I'm not sure if I said this before in a podcast. I saw one of our parents on a coach's page and she commented. I, I think I might've said this on a podcast before, but she wasn't one of our parents. Have. She wasn't one of our parents at the time, but Ashley's like, did you see this comment? And I'm like reading the comment and I'm like, yeah, she's like, this is a coach's page. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, um, and you know, this parent put in her two sets about something going on in the industry on a coach's page. And I was just like, all right. Like, it's like that, huh? <laughs> oh so, my gosh. Yeah. It made me laugh. So, um, anyway, so if you want to see the, the, the score sheet yourself, Brittany, you can sneak into this coach's page and you can, you know, oh, like, okay. I just <laughs> like, say, me, I'm just be, I'm be more, I'm good to go. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> me and Brittany okay. Odell used to, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my girl. yeah. So anyway, yeah. Score's going to be significantly low significantly lower this year so again i'm just regurgitating what he said but they're taking away a lot of the padded scores so i'll 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 say and what i mean my padded scores are it's impossible to get a zero on the score sheet remember back in the day they said if you like just by putting your name on the sat you got like 300 points or whatever like it's like oh it's yeah. like a free 300 points basically the same thing in cheerleading as long as a team walks out on the floor they're going to get a score. So like when the stunt, the stunt score is out of five points, it's not really out of five points. The lowest score you can get, like let's say you just forgot to put stunts up that day, you would get a three. Mm-hmm. I think it's a three. It might be a 2.5. I think it's a three. So if you just forgot to put your stunts up, you'd get a three. If you forgot to do any jumps in your routine, you would get a four out of five. If you didn't do it, like you forgot to do a dance, you would get a nine out of 10. So what in the world? Yeah, look at that. Mind blown. You I even know that. Yeah. I'm going to email Marcy now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they you just <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up either. Man, we had parents I had parents email varsity. What we lost the summit. We lost by a tenth back in like 2014. 2014 lose by a tenth. And yeah, we had parents email varsity like, "Yo, what's going on with these scores, homie?" And, um, so I got CC'd okay, I on take that, that email. Back. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, Jason, get your parents. I'm like, oh yeah. My yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, but I remember a judge had pointed that out to me years ago and was like, there's not actually a hundred points on the score sheet. There's only like 17. And he like pointed, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a hundred percent right. We're not actually fighting for a hundred points. We're really only fighting for at the time at that score sheet was 17. Now the same basic, I'm not sure what it is now but yeah so you can't get a zero even if you walked out and did nothing for two minutes and 30 seconds can't get a zero so they're saying they're getting rid of a lot of those padded scores on the score sheet so there's not so so scores won't be so inflated and what coaches are going to get is a score out of 50 instead of out of 100 and then they will double your score out of 50 and i'll come up with your score so if you scored a 45 
at a 50, right? They double the 45 and you'd actually have a 90. So, and they said, yeah, it's going to create more separation between the teams, right? Because if you're beating a team by a 10th, once they double your score, you're beating a team by two tenths. And I was like, okay, yeah. So, and they, they mentioned a couple other things. Um, they mentioned that it's not going to have that the bottom third of the score sheet, which is, so the, the top is they do all the stunting. So um, stunt technique, stunt difficulty, stunt creativity, um, pyramid creativity, pyramid technique, pyramid difficulty, and then basket technique and difficulty, right? And that's just the top part, right? Then they have the uh, tumbling portion, standing tumbling, running tumbling, and jumps, right? Technique and difficulty. And then they have the bottom part, um, was it routine composition, performance, and dance, right? And mm-hmm. so they said that that last part of the score sheet, which is the most um, subjective part of the score sheet, is going to not weigh as much on the score sheet. I guess a, lot, a big complaint that people were getting where it was that that bottom part of the score sheet was like determining the winners. Like people would be winning in the top half or the top two thirds. And then they would lose because of that last portion and a hundred percent. That's like me, right? All the time. I always felt like our teams would be stronger in those portions and we'd lose in those, you know, subjective categories. I'm like, are you kidding me right here? So I was actually pretty happy about that, but they said that that's not going to weigh as much. And again, it was going to create more separation. So unless someone smarter than me can tell me that I'm wrong, I think, I don't think it actually creates more separation. And, and here's why it only creates more separation with deductions. I'll try to explain this. Um, we tied this year with, um, California All-Stars, uh, Senior Pink. Mm-hmm. Senior Black, right? Tied at the Summit, co-champions. But on this new score sheet, we, would, we still would have tied. My biggest issue with the varsity score sheet is that, and I said this before, I'm on the record saying this, is that you can't create, it's really hard to create separation because they only give you those four or five tenths to do it within. You get 4.5 to 5.0, which is the high range, to try mm-hmm. to separate yourselves. And, you know, most teams get a four, seven, four, eight, somewhere in there. And really, really good teams will get that four, not, you know, we'll get that 5.0. And then, you know, there's those two tenths difference. Yeah. So, so it's really hard to create that separation. Again, I've said this in another podcast. Go back and listen to them. But please, please go back yeah. and listen to them. <laughs> go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> We're on YouTube now. <laughs> Listen there as well. Yeah. But the ranges are still the same, right? It's still a, mm-hmm. a, a 0.5 range for the, the high range. So we still would have scored the same with senior pink on stunts, regardless if they're judging, if it's a 3.5 to 4.0 or if it's a 4.5 to 5.0. What creates separation is making the range bigger is that the high range is a 4.0 to a 5.0 because then you can actually separate teams. So when the range is a 4.0 to a 5.0, 
that means the judges have those 10 choices, right? To, they can give you a 4.0, a 4.1, a 4.2, a 4.3. And they have these, these choices. So when the judges looked at our routines this year, right? Let's say we had the same stunt score. Let's say we both scored a, a 4.9. When the mm-hmm. judges looked at our stunt, they went, okay, that wasn't, you know, it wasn't a 5.0, but it wasn't a 4.8. I mean, give them a 4.9, right? And because they only have so many options with 4.5 to, to 5.0. Yeah. But when they widen out that range, they now have double, they, they now have double the choices on scores, right? And so now they can go, it wasn't a 5.0. But it really wasn't a 4.7. So it's either a 4.8 or a 4.9. And I'm going to give them one of those two scores. When, when we take away half of the choices, they only really have that one score that they can give. So the point is, they didn't widen out the range. They just doubling the score. So, you don't re- it, so it's going to look like scores are separated more. But they're really not separated any more than they used to. Until we put deductions into the um, in the into play, that's the only time where where this will really help is if you have three tenths of a lead on a team, and mm-hmm. then you double it, and now you have six tenths. But then you had a touchdown, so now it's not as big of it doesn't hurt you as much when they take away that point two five when you only had a, a three point or sorry, a three tenths lead on the team. Cause it's really a six tenths lead. Um, hope that I didn't get too like heady or if I didn't like not too, I probably just explained it poorly if it sounds wrong, but did that make sense? No, it did. It did make sense. Um, I think uh, when you said, you know, like the, the bottom half, which was like the dance portion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when you said, you know, that's like two interpretation. I do agree with people saying like, that's, you know, like I might think the dance is really good, but you're like, that dance did not look good at all. Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely like into like interpretation, but I don't know. I kind of agree with you. You know, if they widen the high score range, I think that would separate it a lot. I mean, is, yeah. do you think that if they did like widen the high score, that it would like really make a big difference? It would make a huge difference. It would be, it would be huge teams. You know, I think I had one judge tell me his favorite score sheet is the world score sheet because the world score sheet, they, the, the range is so wide that judges can put teams exactly where they want them to go. And they go, okay, well, this team ranks here, this team ranks here. Um, And, you know, we were at that conference just now and, you know, they are big on the, on their score sheet, which they have really wide ranges. I think they use like a full point or maybe a point and a half or so. I can't quite remember, but they use at least a full point for their high range. And she was mentioning that, and they don't have any of the um, target score. I call them target scores. I'm not sure if that's what the industry calls them. But like in jumps, as long as you mm-hmm. do two jumps, or let, let's let, as long as you do three jumps in your team, two plus one, or just three all connected, you automatically get a 5.0, right? So if I do double toe touch and a hurdler, I automatically get a 5.0. And they don't, the TSN, they don't do that on their score sheet. They don't have like these just gimme scores. They make you like earn everything that you do. But she was, she was, you know, bragging, right? That, you know, we just had our last event with, you know, 200 plus teams, 300 plus teams or whatever it was. And she said, and we only had one tie throughout the entire day because judges can place teams exactly where they want them versus when you're on touch, 
when you're on such tight of a range. Plus, yeah. you have a lot of these can scores, um, baskets, and and jumps where you know it's just a gimme score. Then that creates a lot more opportunities. Where there's you know at, at the summit, there's ties throughout the whole thing. You know, um, junior blues division. You know, there was multiple ties in the top ten. It was like okay, in a triple, you know, tie for ninth place. All right, in a double tie for seventh place, and now in another double tie here. You know, all the way down. So. You know, we had another team. Um, we work with the program CCE, and I think they ended up – I can't remember what place they ended up in, but she said there were so many ties, you know, going throughout. Real quick, I have to do this. Shout out to Hero Athletics in Woodenville, um, Washington. They, <laughs> they, they, they kept coming at me. They were at the conference. They kept saying, like, I've mentioned them before on the podcast, but I didn't actually say – like it was them. I said, Oh, I work with a team in Seattle. And it's like, y'all, you never actually say our name. So I'm actually oh. saying it. <laughs> so well, big shout out to them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, so if you're in the Seattle area, the Woodenville area, please go to Hero Athletics. That, that was for free. That was for you, DJ and Hallie. And shout <laughs> out to Ruth and Haley, their coaches. So anyway, but um <laughs> loyal listeners right there. Yeah. Well, we appreciate but, that, definitely, yeah, for, for sure. sure. But, yeah, okay, so, so, you know, oh, one thing I think, like, bothers me. Okay, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I've said this before. I'm not really one to, like, really look at the scores very often. I just mm-hmm. – I feel like once I get in the habit of doing it, then I'm going to do it. And then I also did – you know, I've never wanted to be that parent that's like, oh, my God, like, stress my kids out for the next day, you know. It's like I don't even look at them. But the padded scores, that – that bugs me. Like that really does. Like it, that's really truly bugs me that they can, someone can go out there and not throw a stunt and get three points. Like, I'm sorry, but when I don't go to work, I don't get paid. (laughs) I mean, I do, you know, because I have a good job, but, um, but you know, that's when that, that, I don't like that. Like that, that's, that's not right. I mean, I get like, yeah, an overall, like, get you know, you just went out there, but I don't well, know. Has it ever been? This will okay, help you. This will, this will calm your nerves. It's not like it, it, it is free points, but it's not like free points. They do it so that the score can add up to a hundred, right? Um, so they said, we don't want the range to be super big, but we also need the score sheet to add up to 100. So we're going to give you all of these points. So it'd be the same thing if they just said the score sheet's out of 17, but I just think because we are base 10 creatures and you know, everything we do is in tens and hundreds and thousands, right? Is that they make the score easy so that when someone gets a 95, we automatically have an understanding of like what a 95 is just because we're brought up with it in the school system. And you know, at least that's my opinion. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that's why they do it is so that it's not, oh, we scored a, you know, whatever out of whatever. Like we know that, you know, a 70 is a C, right? And a 80 is a B, right? And all those things. Yeah. So, um, that's, you know, I think they give you those points so that the score adds up to 100. And, you know, we can just, you know, kind of base it on on that because you know every year they'll shift it and sometimes the padded you know in other years the padded scores have been bigger or or less just depending on 
what the other parts of the score sheet are like, you know? So, but you know, but a three, I mean, if you get a three in stunts, it's a zero, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a three. It's, you know, teams aren't going out there and getting threes and winning, you know, there's no team that didn't, that like skipped their dance, got a nine out of 10 and still won. Like it's impossible because everyone else is getting, you know, a, like a 9.5 is not a good score, right? Um, so no one's getting a, you know, a, like I said, 9.5 in dance is not a good score. So if you go out there and do no dance, you got a 9.0. The really bad team got a 9.5, and then it kind of built from there. So, you know, and no offense if you score 9.3s on your dance, you know, I don't know. <laughs> There's someone who's listening. He's like, dude, Jason just ripped us. Like, Well, I mean, let's just be honest. We got to kick it into yeah. gear. We want to see everybody looking good out there. Yeah, let's Push go, they just got to be pushing harder. But um, the, the, the days of 99s, those are done. Like, teams aren't getting 99s anymore. Like, they're just – that's not happening. So, you know. We better be in so, high gear ready. So, and that's and, – and so, let again, I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Fair warning. So, parents and athletes, and I have to brace myself as well, when the new when we get our, when we go to our first competition and we get those scores out and you know it says 94 you know don't go like you know oh you know what did we get oh we got a 94 don't go oh you know jason's fell off like he's no longer the coach he used to be like <laughs> the scores are just going to be significantly lower this year it's not going to be you know again the days of 99s are gone and scores were steadily creeping up i remember uh, years ago, we we're still at PCM. We scored a 96 something at Spirit Sports, right? And Spirit Sports for us is, you know, West Coast Worlds, as I like to call it, right? But it's our big measuring stick on the West Coast. And we scored a 96. And we, I can't remember if we had the highest score after day one or day two in the, in the whole event, like of all the teams at the event. Yeah. We're like a 96. And I remember everyone kept coming up to me like, Jason, I saw you guys got a 96 and I was like a 96 let's go and and now that score that same routine um you know today with the way things are or just that that talented team the way that the way we looked at that routine at the time was a 98 what we what we would consider 98 99 today um but the, that same routine has like kind of steadily creeped up to become a 99 and we know that it's eventually a team's going to get a 100 and I don't know if we're gonna think that that was a perfect routine you know um yeah and so I'm kind of glad that they're doing it now before a team got a 100 because I think we would look at that routine and go I don't know if that was perfect you know like was that really perfect so you know, now they're going to reset the bar. And if someone gets a 99 now, it's going to be, at least is what I'm predicting. I have no idea. But the way it sounds like if a team gets a 99 now, they're going to be a phenomenal team. And I just personally think they're handing out a lot of 99s. But, you know. Well, all we can do is hope, right? Me. And, you know. Is there anything that they didn't fix on the new score sheet that, like, you know, bothered you or anything like that? Girl. girl. You crazy. So you're trying hey, to, okay. We are, we are only honest on this podcast. 
And this is why we don't like really tell each other what we want to talk about. So we can snag it up. Let's we need see. all the tea, Jason. We need all the tea. What they didn't fix is they didn't widen the ranges, which I'm okay with. Like it is what it is. Yep. They didn't widen the ranges, what they kind of should have done. But it is what it is. I don't mind the ranges not being wide. It is what it is. Um, they changed one thing on the score sheet that I wasn't in favor of, where they have there you have what they call a co-ed quantity and a mm -hmm. uh, just your quantity stunt. So for co-ed, the boys have to do, or the boy if you if you're a lower level team, just one boy has to do a co-ed stunt. And depending on what that co-ed stunt is, they give you a certain amount of points for it, right? So if you looked at Senior Black or Senior Red last year, uh, yeah. we did, you know, a walk-up lib to the top, and that got us a 5.0, a 5 out of 5. Anyway, they changed that stunt to a uh, hands lib, so it's like a prep, and then it goes up to the one-leg stunt, which um, which is like, I don't know, it's going to sound kind of weird, but it's a, it's a progression backwards but if the if you've already learned it one way it's like a harder stunt if you already know how to do it the other way right um mm -hmm. so i won't get into i won't get into it too much but i'm not particularly happy that a walk-up lib that our boys already know how to do i'm i'm upset that i have to go back and teach my boys essentially a new stunt for a for a lesser stunt, like for a, a backwards progression, right? Like I have to go back yeah. a progression and teach them this and just spend time when they already have the other stunt on lock and I don't have to worry about it. I have to go back and, and worry about it, you know? So yeah. not particularly happy about that. Um, like if they would change that, I'd be all for the new score sheet, right? So, but, but here... Here is a question I have for the industry. Okay. When are we truly ever going to be happy with the score sheet? Now, when it's always the biggest complaint of the, of the year, year after year after year, it's either the score sheet itself or the judging. And my question really is, when are we as an industry are we ever going to be truly happy or satisfied with the scoring or with judging? Because, you know, a big part of when you ask someone if they liked an event is they'll say their number one thing is they'll mention, they'll mention the production, but they really care about how the scoring went and, and how the score, Hey, what, what score sheet do we use? Right. When I find that when we go to a, an IEP and we look in IEPs, I go, Hey, what score sheet do you guys use? And if it's not a score sheet, I really want to get on. Because, you know, back in the day, you used to change your score sheet on every other, you know, mm -hmm. you had to change your routine every other company, right? It's like every other weekend. It's like, I don't want to do that. So, hey, what score sheet are we on? Find out what score sheet they're on. Okay. But uh, coaches judge the success of a, a weekend on how the judging was. Like, was this good judging or bad judging, right? And the problem with that is that most teams lose in a competitive, right? When there's only one winner, there's 10 teams 
in the division, one team wins, nine teams lose. And so when you ask them, hey, how'd you like the event? The team that won goes, oh, yeah, it was great. I thought the scoring was perfect. And then the other nine teams go, oh, the scoring was awful. I hated it. And, <laughs> and it's just like that. And since – so I don't know if we as an industry, honestly, are ever going to get to a point where we're satisfied with the scoring and judging because just by the nature of the sport, most teams are going to lose. It's just the math on it is that 90% of the teams, right? 99% of the teams are going to lose. So people are always going to be unhappy and upset because, you know, and this is the other part of human nature is that we always want to shift the blame to someone else. Very rarely do we look ourselves in the mirror and go, it was my fault. We always like to go, no, it was this person's fault why this happened. Oh, it was this person's fault why this happened. Why'd your team lose? Oh, the judges robbed us. Oh, the kids aren't working hard at practice. Oh, and it's never, I just kind of suck as a coach, you know? Um, (laughs) And so I just think with the combination of those two things, people never wanting to take ownership of their failures. And just because only one team can win in a division, most teams are going to lose. People are always going to be upset and want to blame the score sheet or the judging or, you know, all of this. So again, when are we as an industry ever going to be happy with the scoring? The other thing, you know, about that is, and I'm 100% guilty of this too, is I want a score sheet that reflects my strengths. I don't like score sheets that don't reflect my strengths. I I said this earlier in the podcast, you know, when they took away, when they said, hey, this bottom half of the score sheet, we're going to reduce its impact on the score sheet, on the winners, right? I was like, yeah, like like literally watching the video, I typed in preach. I was like, preach, because... I am not a creative person, right? And I'm just all about skills. I want my teams to stunt hard, tumble hard, all those things. And like that other part of the score sheet, I'm not really that strong. So when they said, hey, we're going to reduce the impact that this part of the score sheet has, I was like, awesome. That's great. I remember when they added stunt creativity and pyramid creativity into the score sheet. I was not happy. I was like, man, I... I all I at especially at the time I was like we always get beat in these creative areas of the score sheet and now they're adding more creativity to the score sheet and this does not play to my strengths I'm not happy about this and this is not good now we've been able to be at least semi creative I guess and be able to do pretty decent at competitions in these last years so it hasn't had that big of an impact or maybe we're just, maybe I'm more creative or we bring in creative people, whatever the case may be, it hasn't had that big of an impact on us. But, you know, I saw, I saw people talking about the score sheet and someone said, the score sheet is not good. They've put more emphasis on tumbling. And another coach who is a tumbling coach who actually does listen to the podcast said, mm-hmm. this is great. I love that they put an emphasis on tumbling. and so. You know, I just think we as an industry, and again, I am guilty of it too, 
we want a score sheet that caters to our strengths. When they added technique, when they added the, um, the drivers and they told us exactly what was going to be wrong, you know, hey, we're going to take off one-tenth in jumps because your landings were bad. When I saw that they were adding, you know, that type of a feedback to the score sheet, I was super excited because I'm like super um, linear and I'm like, okay, if they tell me exactly what to fix, I will make sure that we fix it. They've increased technique in the, in, in the technique will have a bigger impact on the, on the winner. This is great because I, I like to think that I produce teams that have good solid technique. So this is right up my alley. Right. And so I just think we as coaches, the other part is all of us are different. You know, um, I was at that conference and they were talking about how they have the more re- that the varsity score sheet doesn't put an emphasis on creativity. And, and these are some really creative people that we were talking to and they were like, I hate this. And I'm kind of like, and you know, and you know, it's in front of a big crowd. And some people are like, yeah, they're right. They should bring back creativity. And I'm kind of like in the back, like, yeah, don't bring back creativity. Like I need it to be plain Jane. Right. Um, <laughs> So, but you know, me, I, I go out and do summer camps and, you know, clinics for teams. So if you need your boy to come out there, call me up. Um, but, <laughs> but during the summer we go and we travel and we work with these teams and we focus on technique. Technique's a huge part of the score sheet. If they just for whatever reason decide they wanted to take out all choreography and we are just going to do compulsory routines like, like, like stunt, right? It was just, everyone's going to go out there and do the same routine and it's all going to be technique based choreographers and creatives in general would be floored. They'd be pissed. They'd never go to a varsity event again because they make their money on being creative and thinking a way that other people like me don't think. And so they'd be, very upset that the score sheet no longer played to their strengths. I'd be thrilled. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily be thrilled, thrilled because I like the creativity. I'm just not creative, but right. But like, I'd be like, Oh, Oh, this plays to my strengths. But if they shift the score sheet to go super creative, like I'm not going to be thrilled at all. And it's like no technique anymore. Like I'm not going to be thrilled at all because I'm a technician type of a coach. And but you know, the creatives again would be super creative and they'd come out with all this craziness and we'd see, you know, routines that we really um, enjoyed watching for the like entertainment value of it. Um, So, so again, in the comments below, whether on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching this, listening to it, I really want to get your opinion on this. Can we ever be satisfied with the score sheet and what would it actually take for us as an industry to be satisfied with the score sheet. Cause I, I don't know if I've actually heard a solution. So now I'm just going to talk off the top of my head. What would make me satisfied as a coach? What do, what do coaches want? Coaches. Well, I'm going to say what I want. And I kind of think I'm going to speak for a large majority, but I might misspeak. Cause you know, again, I'm just freestyling, but I think a large majority of coaches, I think coaches want to know, how to score a 100. And because if you can score a 100, it's impossible for you to lose the competition, right? No one can score a 101. There's no extra credit, right? If you can score a 100, you will win every competition. You will never lose a competition. So what we need or what coaches want, I guess, are consistent scores. I want to be able to go 
to a competition on December 1st and score and my stunt sequence score a 4.7. Mm-hmm. And if I throw the same stunt sequence on December 14th, I want it to score a 4.7 again. And if I go to another competition on December 21st and I upgrade it and I go from TikTok libs to TikTok stretches, I want it now to score a 4.8. And then know that if I twist that, that it's going to score 4.9 and, and all those things, right? So if I can get consistent scores as a coach, I know that there's a formula for me to actually reach a 100 because now I just have to add more difficulty or I have to add more, I have to be more technically sound or I need to do two back handsprings instead of one back handspring. The big problem with the industry is when I go to this competition on December 1st and score 4.7, the next weekend I can go throw the same stunt sequence and I can score a 4.9 or I could score a 4.5, right? And, and I, as a coach, don't know what I should do to prepare my team to be great. And, and when it's inconsistent like that, you just don't know what you're supposed to do. And if we knew, if we had consistent scores, which is hard because it's a new round of judges every weekend and and it's a different routine and all these things. And, but the reality is that's what we're really trying to go for as coaches is consistent scoring. Actually, I actually think that's why they don't widen the range for varsity is with only a 4.5 to 5.0 range or, you know, the, the, the five tenths or whatever with only those, those tenths right there, it's hard to, if they had 10 tenths, 10 tenths, a whole point, to play with within range, you would see bigger swings within the score, right? And mm-hmm. so it is very possible you go from a 4.7 to a 4.4 the next weekend, right? But within those small, that small window, if you score a 4.8, you go up or down a tenth, you know, basically from week to week, and it keeps it a lot more consistent. So I actually might be, I'm not sure if they did that on purpose, but it, it does play into whether they did it on purpose on, or not it does help with consistent scores by having a tight range like that. That way you have more consistent scores. Um, and it kind of protects the judges. A li- it kind of protects varsity a little bit by like, why did I score this on this weekend and this on this weekend? Now there, it does have, there are drastic swings in scores. Um, you know, you see it all the time from coaches complaining and, you know, but anyway, I think I, as a coach, I want bigger ranges so I can create separation between teams yeah. and I want consistent scores. So I know I need to know that every time I throw this stunt sequence, it's going to get a 4.7 so that I know that when I add to it, it's going to get a 4.8. When I add more to it, it's going to get a 4.9. And when I add even more to it, it's going to be a 5.0. Cause really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out the secret sauce to get a 5.0 in every single category or, you know, 10.0 in some of those categories. Right. Well, it's not even that anymore because it's going to be out of, I don't even know. I haven't studied the score sheet, but it's going to be out of four, I guess, this year. But either way, you know what I'm talking about. Try and get a perfect score so that I can put my team in the best position when we get to our, you know, we get to those events that really matter to us. So 
I don't know. I just kind of rambled on for a little bit, but <laughs> what do you, what do you want rambling. as a parent? What do you want from the score? She has a parent. You are totally asking the wrong parent because I don't pay attention to the score sheets like at all. <laughs> there you go. You, you just want happy twins. Uh, I, I don't. The, the only competition that we, that I looked at this actual, this season, which I mean, I guess it was kind of hard because it was a COVID season was our Myrtle beach. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't even going to look at it. It was just by chance that someone showed it to me. And then, um, before that, our, uh, our nineteen twenty season, um, I never, I didn't look at them. I maybe have looked at it one time cause someone else was looking at it, but I just feel like it's a lot of stress to like, if I look at it, then the girls are going to see it, um, you know, or ask me, you know, and I don't want to like, let it slip like, Oh, they're, you know, they're only in second place right now. They better kick butt tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to hear that because I just feel like it's too much stress on them. Um, yeah. So it's not something that I really like to talk about with them or bring it up. So, I mean, whatever's good for you coaches, then that's fine with me because I don't really care. All right. Good to hear. All right. Um, right, Should we go on to the cheer mad question of the week? Yeah, but first. um, Oh, oh. Be more. You got questions. What are you? What are we asking me? What's going on? You, what are we doing? You probably you probably hate when I'm like, but first or wait. You're like, what's gonna come out of her mouth? <laughs> I know. Like, oh my gosh, anything could happen no, right now. I know, right? No, I just want to say, anyone that's listening, you know, whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, you know, like, comment, subscribe. Um, if you are joining in from YouTube, subscribe. You know, hit subscribe. that little bell and hit, hit the that like bell button notification. For sure. Uh, get notified when you know it gets yeah, it goes on um, and share yeah anybody you can share it doesn't take any time um for sure so just just do that uh cheer mad question of the week so she says i'm not sure who it's from um as a parent who is used to sports with scoring like football basketball baseball how does one gauge or transition to watching a sport that is more objective to scoring Love watching my daughters compete, but find it difficult to follow a good performance versus a bad performance. And also judging the team against the other teams in their division. Alrighty. So how does a parent, mom, dad go from watching football, basketball, baseball to watching cheerleading where, you know, when they, when the ball goes in the hoop, it's two points and everyone in the crowd understands that. But in cheerleading, you're like, Hey, did we, was that a good performance or not? Um, a good performance from a bad performance and then a your team performance versus other teams like who who is better um yeah i think i don't know i might i might be jumping the gun well here here's the hard part about cheer and i've said this several times throughout the podcast the scores are really tight so although when we look at a routine, I think from a parent's point of view or even my point of view, when I just watch a team, like if I'm doing my, my, my recon and I'm just looking through, and I just want to look at a team and see, you know, my research. Yeah. When I look at a routine, I'm just really look, I look at execution. I look at timing, which is under execution, but I look at execution. I look at timing and I look at creativity. There's a lot more things that really go into a score, but those are the things I look for as an outsider. And I feel like parents would probably mostly look at 
those things as well. But I think they probably place an improper weight on some of those things. Now I'll just throw out creativity. Parents probably put too much weight on creativity when they watch a routine than then it's weighted on the score sheet. I, I think a, t- a parent will watch a routine and they'll go, okay, our, our daughter's team competes against them. I look at their team and the team will have a really super creative stunt. And you know, or maybe the whole stunt sequence is creative. And they'll go, oh my gosh, that was really, really good. And, and, go, and, and the whole crowd could go, that team was better than that team, right? As far as the stunts were concerned. But it doesn't really reflect on that score sheet wise. Um, they have a high and a low range for creativity, and you know, creativity is at a two point five, or at least it was. Not sure what it is anymore, but it was at a two point five all these these last couple of years. The high range for creativity is a two point three. So judges can give you a two point three, a two point four, a two point five. So if they think your stunt was creative, you'll get a two point three. If they think your son was really, 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 really creative, they'll give you a 2.5. So you only get separated by two tenths, which can easily be erased by a kid who touches down on their tumbling in the corner that you didn't see. That's 2.5. Oh, sorry, 0.25. So the, the hard part is, when one touchdown happens, the hard part for if you're new to cheerleading and you're not used to watching their teams, if there's a touchdown in the corner that you didn't see, that's 0.25 deducted off your routine. And you have a really super creative stunt, you'll get a 2.5. And if you have like a okay creativity, right, you'll get the 2.3. And, and parents don't really see that. So it's really hard because you have to get used to watching the whole routine as a whole. And you have to know if, how much things are weighted. Again, I've said this 8,000 times, but it's really hard to create separation on the varsity score sheet. So most good teams can compete with each other regardless of how creative or how hard or difficult their stunt sequence is or their tumbling sequence is or, or whatever because of how tight the scores are. So how do you how can you get used to doing it as a parent? Um, I would guess here's, I guess here's what you should do. You should go to NCA all-star nationals, not go, you know, varsity TV. Oh, and, and watch every team that wins. Let's say your, your daughter's divisions, right? Level one, watch every team that won in the level one division, mini one, tiny one, junior one, senior one, youth one, I don't know, large, small, medium, watch all the teams at one level one. And then you'll have an understanding of what a great level one routine looks like or do it for level two. And now you'll have a really good understanding of what a great level two team looks like. And then you'll be able to kind of compare that to your team and go, oh, we look good. We, we didn't look good. Um, a good performance really comes down to timing, execution, and zero deductions. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Timing, execution, zero deductions, um, you know, creativity here and there. Yeah, you, you Okay, have some... I'm going to jump in as a yeah, parent. Go ahead. Yeah, because I don't know. Um, it's hard. As a, parent, 
I would say their um, cleanliness. That is like the biggest thing for me, I feel like, is if their routine is clean or sloppy. Um, And that probably doesn't mean anything on a score sheet. Um, It means everything on a score sheet. (laughs) But I will tell you this. There has been so many times that I have watched teams perform and I'm like, wow, they're so sloppy. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, I can't even think of any names. I wouldn't name any anyways, but um, they're just so sloppy. And then you see a team that comes up and you're like, wow, they're pretty clean. And I think I'm just so used to art and I don't, I mean, I'm going to toot our own horns, but our teams are very, very clean teams. They're very clean routines. Um, you can tell when, you know, there's someone having an off day or something, but they're very clean. And that's the first thing I notice in a routine, if they're clean or they're not clean. Yeah. And, you know, um, I also, as a parent, like it took me a while to not just watch my daughters, um, but their wobbliness, are they wobbly during their stunts or are they not like, I remember being in high school and being a back spot or being a base. And I'm like, okay, are, I, I just look at to see if they're wobbly or not. Does the flyer, you know, is she tight or is she not tight? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like for me and apparent like creativity, I mean, you see things and you're like, wow, that's cool. But I don't know as good as like you coaches do. Um, and then um, I kind of look at tumbling too. I mean, I know we're only on a level one, so we're, you know, we can't, you know, do back handsprings or anything like that. But uh, the cleanliness and if their stunts are wobbly, I think is like the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And then you always know if a team doesn't do very good, if a stunt falls or if someone falls during their tumbling or, yeah. you know, someone messes up in their dance routine. Um start doing another dance or something. (laughs) (laughs) We, and I think the big thing for parents to adjust to is something like, like the numbers in tumbling. So you only need 50% and 60% of your kids to tumble. So you have to do two standing tumbling sequences. Um, One of them, you need to have 50% of the team do it. The other one, you have 60% of the team do it, but lots of teams will go out there and have near 100% of the team do it. And so lots of parents will go, oh my gosh, they are so much better than us because every single one of their kids went out and did back walkovers. And the hard part with that is that you're not really rewarded for having 100% of your team do the do that skill. Yeah. Right? And so easily parents can go, we're getting and, – and, and the team with 100% of kids tumbling can win that competition – but they wouldn't win it for that reason. But what parents would say or do is go, oh my gosh, they had 100% of the kids tumbling. Why don't we have 100% of the kids tumbling? And the reason why we lost wasn't because of tumbling. We actually beat them in tumbling. We, you know, we killed them on technique, but we lost because, you know, some unrelated reason had nothing to do with tumbling. So I think that's the hard part viewing as parents is because there's so many nuances in the score sheet where if you just watch it as a as a, a fan and you go, Oh yeah, of course they had a hundred percent of the kids tumbling. They should score more, but the score sheet isn't really designed to do that. Isn't designed with so much. I don't, I don't want to call it common sense for lack of a better term. Right. But it's just, can they, 
you know, 100% of the kids did it. Why didn't they score more? And there's so much more nuance in the score sheet, which makes it hard for parents, not even parents. It's hard for even new coaches to adjust to the score sheet when there's, you know, all these things where, you, you know, lots of teams put in things they don't necessarily need because of not understanding the score sheet. That's all I was talking about earlier. You have to understand the score sheet. If you understand that you don't need 100% of the kids tumbling to have a great tumbling score, then, you know, you'll build a routine or, or your, you know, you'll build a team or your routine with that in mind. But if you don't know any better, then you, you might shoot yourself in the foot. So anyway, it is hard. It's actually a hard, I, I don't know how parents can catch on, enjoy the sport, but don't, like you said, don't just watch your kid because you're going to go, Hey, they look, Hey, my kid killed it out there. What, what happened? Well, I don't know. Yeah. So. And especially if you have two kids, don't just watch one. I made that mistake one time. Uh, that was terrible. You look great, Ryan. <laughs> I swear, Jason. Oh, my God. We were in uh, – it was our 1920 season. It was beginning of 19 when we were in San Francisco. And um, I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, Rylan was sick. It was in, like, mm-hmm. January or something. She was sick. And I'm, like, I went up to you guys in the morning. I'm, like, she's sick. Is she's this when you did fever. the um, – did you do the, 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 the social media that, that weekend? No, that was weekend. for Fresno. That was a different okay. weekend. Yeah, but I'm, like, she's sick. Like, she just took medicine. She needs to have some more. She's running a fever. Like, and that's the crazy thing about cheerleading is that it's not – you don't have a sub. Like, mm-hmm. I mean – if we really truly like got down to it, you guys could figure something out, but we're talking the morning like of competition, like meet time is now, you know, like that's hard. Yeah. And that, that was just like terrible. And I remember I was like, baby just put on a brave face. I gave Claire extra medicine. I'm like, give her medicine like 20 minutes before she goes on. She'll be Mm -hmm. good. And I remember recording her and I'm like, yeah, right. Good job. Right. And Kinsley watched the video and she's like, well, thanks, mom. <laughs> you look just she like was, her. Just pretend it's you. Yeah, she was so mad at me. I mean, I didn't live it down at That's all. Then, then the next competition, I'm like, good job, Kinsley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sure funny. they probably, if you brought it up to him now, they still be like, yeah, that was pretty rude of my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was just proud of her. She was sicker yeah. than Fred. And yeah. like, but, so anyways, I don't know. Hey. Tell her, hey, congratulate your sister. Don't be trying to steal her shine. Let's go. She went out there and did it dead on her deathbed. Yeah, she tried, man. So well, you do that nowadays, you'll be considered uh, irresponsible, right? You said you're know. sick in a pandemic. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Um, here my question of the week. Um, quote of the week, I guess. Unless you have something else you want to bring up. Um. So can you explain to me how the like ratings on um, like the podcast go? Like how does, how can someone like put a rating in or anything? Um, if you go to like the show, I just know how to do it on Apple actually. So if you go to what Apple and you, you actually go to the show, not like episodes, go to the show, right? You go to let's yeah. here. You scroll down all the way past all the episodes. They'll say a little something that says, you know, leave a rating, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. And, you know, people do that. Actually, you know what? We're going to give a shout out. I'm going to do this a little later, actually. But you brought it up now, so we'll keep it organic. But Well, if anyone I, gets bored and wants to give us a rating, you know, we would appreciate it. 
No, because I want to 100%. I want to give a shout out because people like you who do this, who leave readings, who leave, you know, who subscribe, all those things, that keeps the show going, keeps me motivated. And so Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you are, leave a comment, do something. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one just to, just to reciprocate some of that gratitude. So shout out to PJS12. I'm not sure who that is, but PJS12 left a little rating. So we're going to read this real quick. So if you leave a rating, a five-star rating, you leave a comment or a review, you might hear yours get read out loud as a little shout out. So I found this podcast a few months ago and so glad that I did. As a cheer mom of seven years, it was great to hear how a coach feels about the industry, athletes, and parents. His positivity is infectious. And I hope you all and and you hope all cheer coaches are just as supportive as his teams as hers sound. Wait, 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 I'm gonna read that again. That's all right. And you hope all cheer coaches are just as supportive as his teams as her sounds. Looking forward to hearing and learning more. Thank you, PJS12. You're the best. Leave a rating, leave a review, leave a comment on YouTube, wherever you may be, and we might read yours aloud one of these days. Takes 10 seconds. Let's make it happen. So anyway, cheer, no, where are you cheer mad? Quote of the week. We good? Quote of the week. And I have nothing week. else. I'm actually like stumped this time. There we go. All right, here we go. Quote of the week. Let's find it real quick. All right. Uh, this is by Bobby Bowden from FSU as a football coach at Florida State University. And um, he said, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it slash, because this isn't the exact quote I read in a book once upon a time. But he said the, he, he had an assistant coach come in one day and he was telling his assistant coach like, hey, when you're on our staff, and they were really good when he was coaching him, right? And he was letting him know like what it was like to be an FSU coach, like our culture. And I guess he goes out to his window and, you know, this window overlooks the whole um, football, the whole football stadium. And he points to the scoreboard and he goes, the world is going to judge us, judge us by that scoreboard right there. He said, but God is going to judge us by, you know, what we do with these athletes, like what we do in their hearts and the, the people that they become. And so we spent a lot of time talking about scores and score sheets and, and all those different things. But, you know, the reality is, as much as I want to go up there and win competitions, like it's about having an impact on these athletes' lives so they can become winners outside of, of cheerleading. You know, we just got down, we were in, Southern California for a graduation party of an athlete that I started coaching when she was very young, right? Just super, you know, I can't remember how old she was, but she was super young when I started coaching her. I think she was on, she had just aged out of minis because we took a mini team to the summit and she ended up being on the team as well. So, you know, however old kids are when they're on, however kids are when they first age out of minis. So, what, Eight, I 12? think it is. Yeah, right? Oh, I almost said... I almost you said, said 12? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking youth, because she was on a youth team, and I thought age out of youth. But yeah, age out of minis, right? So she's eight, nine, whatever, when I first start coaching her. Right? And 
you know, she's graduated. And I just think about the, um, the impact that we're able to have on these athletes' lives um, as they grow up. Like, we really do have a huge impact on the people that they become, for better and for worse. So, you know, I always try to think about that as much as I want to win and I want to do this. So all coaches out there, remember that it's not really about, you know, although many people will judge us on the score sheet and, and our scores and our championships, you know, at the end of the day, what really matters is that we are helping these athletes, that we shape them into productive members of society with character, morality, and integrity. So. You know, quarter of the week, Bobby Bowden, FSU. Let's go. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. So, dude, be more. We got some guests coming up that I'm excited for. Yeah, we, you know, we haven't had really guests on the show. So I'm excited because we have some guests coming up um, that I'm excited for. I really am. So we've got a few lined up that, uh, are going to be great. So I'm not sure when these episodes are going to come out, but make sure you stay tuned, subscribe because these guests are going to be, they're going to be great. There's, it's going to be some really good conversations with some industry leaders and some people that you guys are really going to be excited for. So anyway, do you have anything else to be more? Okay. So just make sure you guys like, share, comment, subscribe. Um, we love doing this and we like having a good old time. So, um, and send in your cheer mad questions of the week. We need those cheer mad questions. Yes, we do. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I just popped up. Anyway, guys, it's been real. We love you guys. Five, six, seven, eight. We're out. Yeah, I just let you do it by yourself that time. <laughs> <laughs>